Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Hello and welcome to another episode of Heart Empowered Women Podcast. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I am an accountability coach, an empowerment coach, and really supporting individuals to find where they are falling short and get supported to build the bridge to make what their dreams are come true. And I can be found at empoweringwomen.coach. And I'm really excited because along my journeys of living in Portland, Oregon now, I have found so many incredible individuals and so many coaches. And when I find a new coach that's up to a completely different way of coaching and a, a totally empowered approach to it. I'm really excited to bring them to you as soon as I can. And today is exactly that. I am interviewing and bringing to you Brie Follow, and she's an empowerment lifestyle coach. And she's passionate about what she does because she loves to see the rapid transformational change that is possible between men or women in all areas of their lives. So she really focuses on this work-life balance to body image and really anything in between. And what her friends and I can attest to and her clients, they call her the uh, rented girlfriend who keeps it real. I love that so much. Welcome, Bree. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So coaches, right? Every time you meet a coach, there's always this like beautiful or empowered story or thing that they've kind of overcome to get them to realize like, hey, I want to be a coach to provide this for someone and be that for somebody else. <laughs> what? How did you get to coaching and, and what did that bring up for you? Yeah, so I was raised um, by people that like exited the civil rights movement, right? Like my parents always, you know, referred to me as like the born free kid, right? Like Love it. post, you know, fifties. Um, so they were they were surrounded by a lot of hostility. So they always raised us to raise our voice. And, you know, as young women, we knew that whatever we said, you know, would go and whatever we put our mind to, we could we could be and accomplish. So when I graduated high school, um, I was really shocked that my parents, some, you know, just started to to live in a fearful state and they really started to put the chains and the reins on me, right? I wanted to go abroad and they didn't want me to go. They wanted me to stay in school in Portland, get married, have kids. And I remember thinking, okay, I'll just do it to be a good girl or to go mm -hmm. on the program. But I remember crying every day and falling into a very deep depression because that was not who I was. I wanted to study anthropology. I wanted to become a missionary. I wanted to help people. Ever since I was little, I always felt that I was called to be in an occupation where I would save the day or, you know, help people, you know, vocalize their needs. Um, so I ended up dropping out and traveling the world. And 
when I started to travel, I started to meet families and I nannied for them. And I saw a lot of women, a lot of men that unfortunately decided to to do the normal thing and and have kids and and get married and and do what they were supposed to do. And there was such despair. And so I would work with these parents and these individuals to, you know, kind of reclaim their life, find joy, find a balance. Like your kids are here and okay, this is not something that you expected or maybe even wanted, but how can we incorporate um, love and peace back into your life with these kids so they don't grow up as broken individuals? So that's where it really started is working with parents and then it morphed into working with individuals. I love that so much because I, and that's why I feel like I've connected so well with you is this element of like, yeah, like our parents just want us to do like the American dream. Like there's just like this outdated, yeah, do the norm. You should absolutely be married at 30 with kids and have an education. And I'm not saying, and I I think this goes for you as well, that you shouldn't do that, but it, what I hear and what you're saying is this, like, if you feel called to follow your heart and do something that not everybody's doing or that Mm -hmm. you want to do and maybe not everyone approves of, like, do that. And Mm -hmm. like, I love the risk of like, just jumping anyways, regardless of, you know, what your parents have to say. How did they take it when you traveled abroad? And that was what was really, you know, just to back up a little bit, that's what was really um, disheartening because I was not raised to just go with the flow, right? My parents were these people that were protesting in Alabama and Birmingham, right, with dogs sicked on them. So I, what I did is I had to remind them of our roots of, okay, you know what? People that make history are not ones that are quiet in the corner. They're the ones that stand up for what their truth is and what they want to see the truth to be in the world. Mm-hmm. And at first, you know, obviously there was pushback, right? Uh, you don't have any money. You're young. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, if you have a crisis, we can't get to you. But I had to believe in myself mm-hmm. and the skills that were, you know, established in me that we all have our gut and our principles right. and know that I was going to be okay. And that, okay, I was going to France. There's hospitals in France. There's food in mm-hmm. France. It's going to be okay. Right. right? It's like like not a third world country. There are the basic needs you can get met. Yes. Right. And let's remove the emotion. Let's look at the reality. And it sounds like a good time. And once, you know, you're over in Europe, other um, countries are so close. I was able to travel just like 30 countries very easily. And I was sending them postcards. And I think they realize, wow, we're being really silly. Um, Mm -hmm. We're kind of empty. We wish we were there. (laughs) The food looks really good. (laughs) Um, That's so awesome. Yeah, so it really inspired them as well. And and now they're so glad that I did it. Oh, that's so great. And I love this, like, opportunity to remember that, like, our parents just care and love us so much that they, like, have their own humanity of wanting to keep us in a little bubble because – outside of that bubble is scary and who knows what happens there right and I love the like they come back around when you choose to like follow what's true for you and be a stand for like oh well okay (laughs) it's not that bad that's awesome right and I find that with most of my clients is that you know again once once we you know remove the fear or at least set it to the side for a little 
it, right? There's some things that are fearful. Take the emotion out of it. Look at the reality. It's it's gonna be okay. There's there's an other side to fear, and most people will come around. And if they don't, they're not your people. You have to right. live your life. Absolutely. So what would you say, how did you get into coaching exactly? Like, I know that there's so many ways to be of service and there's so many opportunities to like support people. What called you and attracted you to coaching? Yeah, I kind of fell on my lap. So like I said, I was, I was a nanny. And so I was working with, you know, people that were in transformation. Um, women obviously are in transformation from their body, right? Their attention, their brain, because now they have a little one they have to care for. And that can be a really big step, a different step, a change. Um, and then also the the fathers, where, what, do, what do I play into this? You know, I'm the father, but obviously when the baby is young, they need the mother for breastfeeding. And so there's a lot of tension, a lot of um, anxiety sometimes, a lot of anger, of what what the life the life that they left behind is no longer there right like you can no longer um just party until three in the morning because you have someone that's going to wake up and need to be fed or you need to put cartoons on and so um they called me the fixer and I worked with a lot of high crisis high demand clients and um I became the multiples nanny where I worked with a lot of families that um had tri- twins and triplets and so my agency, I became popular, said, okay, we're going to move you over to uh, the celebrity realm with athletes and actors. And so that's even more intense because you're talking about paparazzi, if a hair's out of place, you're getting slammed uh, by the press or people are chasing you and wanting to get quotes. And it's very, you know, obviously intense. And I remember one mom was just crying um, and was super upset and she had to get it together within 20 minutes because she's going on a talk show and I gave her like a prep talk and we were doing some affirmations and you know I was holding her baby and just telling her that you know you can do this that this is a 20 minute segment once you're done we're gonna fly out of here and we're gonna go home and it's gonna be great right mm-hmm. and you know, she put her makeup on, she put a smile on, she started to breathe. She realized, yeah, exactly. This is not the end of the world. This is a task. I'm going to do it and it's going to be done. And she said, thank you for coaching me. And I remember, wow, okay, this is what I'm called to do. This is what I really mm-hmm. is coach. I've been doing it all along. Let's just put the title on there. Right. Absolutely. What would you say? Like, I, I hear that and I'm like, man, I don't need names, but I'm like, what's the like biggest, we always put celebrities on a pedestal and I just love the like normalization of like, oh my gosh, they're still humans too. And what's like the most, like the, a situation that stood out to you that really, um, kind of shifted or molded your career regarding like working with celebrities. Like one of the most like intense situations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh man, there's so many. I mean, there was a high profile family that I um, was working with that there was actually a suicide, and the the children, you know, and the parents that you get to become part of the family, so you feel their pain. Al- although it is a professional setting, 
I just remember after this occurred, it was a really nasty divorce. There was a lot of mental illness. And the nanny is the first person of contact, right? Like you are the one that's in a lot of ways holding down the household and and you see the parents fighting and, and you have to, you know, obviously pick up the children afterwards when they leave. And so I just remember being with the family and just sitting and praying and doing affirmations and you know, death is so final. So what do you say in that moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and what do you say to these children that are not going to see their their mom mm-hmm. again? Um, sometimes there is no words to say. And I think that's when, you know, obviously a good coach comes in to just be there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's but a so lot cool. of business too. <laughs> what would you say um, if you could like, sum up your coaching experience like behind the scenes like what are some things that you wish more parents knew to do or wish that they were doing differently um that you would want to like share with us while we're kind of exploring this topic yes um you know I don't think that there's a lot of information the real information about parenting Um, or it's viewed from a skewed way. When I mean information, um, I'm talking about the time and being present, right? Mm. Um, Children really want you to be present, to Mm. really be there, to watch them sing and twirl and dance and not be on your phone, not um, be reading emails when they're at the breakfast table because you can physically be here and not be here Mm -hmm. and so that's something that I always um, when I'm doing parent consulting or I'm talking with a young woman who is um, about to get engaged and people are starting to you know ask her when are you going to have kids right because that's always a question that comes when you're immediately after (laughs) oh my gosh And it can be very intense, right? And we get into those situations where, like we were talking about earlier, where you're expected to, or people Mm. do that now that you're married, you're going to have seven kids, right? Mm -hmm. I always encourage people to pause because children are permanent. They are forever. They're precious and they need your time. And, And I can't say that enough. It sounds funny. But there's a lot of um, emotionally deprived children mm-hmm. out here. And I can, I can see it in the family culture and the dynamics. And, of course, women are powerful. They want to, you know, the, the debate of should I stay home? Should I give up my career? Why do I have to give up my career? Why does my husband have to give up his career, right? Can't we have it all? Mm-hmm. Um, it's balance. Some would argue there is. Um but I will say this again, kids, kids want your time. And unless, you know, you're in a place where you can give them your genuine time, it's, it's really time to critically think about, okay, is this, is, is this the best time to have a child? I love that so much. I do a lot of my own personal work inside of, um, adult, um, it's ACA adult children of alcoholics, uh, formerly known as like adult fa- uh, children of dysfunctional families. And <clears throat> I love what you're touching on because a lot of the work you do inside of it is kind of undoing or reparenting the emotional or the physical abandonment or, you know, whatever form of abandonment your parents kind of subconsciously put you through. 
Mm-hmm. And okay. I think for the for the longest time, I was like, my mom was there, but exactly what you said, like she wasn't emotionally available. She wasn't emotionally there. She was physically busy being, you know, wrapped up in her own quandaries. Um, and I, I really love that like challenge to call forth, you know, parents to kind of assess, like, can you be available, not just physically, but also emotionally and to witness them and to, you know, make space for, and really sit down and assess, like, is this the right time? I love that. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I always tip my hat off to parents. I really do. Cause I, I've been able to, to see the other side and not just a couple families. I was a temp nanny. So for about four years, I was with a different family every day. So imagine, um, all the situations I've seen and, mm. you know, twos or something, you know, a three major, that is a real stage where when the, when the, um, obviously the personality comes out of the child and they start to say no. Right. And oh, they push it, Right. The rebellion. That is something that you have to work through and that, you know, your child is not a robot. They have feelings and emotions and mm-hmm. they don't want to wear those shoes that, that you need them to wear. Cause it's snowing. They want to wear flip flops and that's a battle. Uh, so wait, I get it. <laughs> it is real out here in these streets and these children. <laughs> so lovely. So many kisses and snuggles, but it's, it can be hard as well. And so you have to get ready to, you know, fight the good fight. <laughs> Absolutely. And do you coach people about having conversations? Um, like, I love what you were touching on. It was like, oh, well, she doesn't want to give up her career. And does he want to have to give up his career? And then there's all like that alternative, like getting a nanny. You know, like, how do you have people or talk to people with whether nannying is an option or how that could support you in creating a new relationship to that? Yeah, I, I usually sit um, down with couples and I talk to them, you know, just obviously the, the one of the first point of contact people always ask is how much, right? Like how physically, like money wise, how much is a nanny and to weigh those options. And I mean, it, it really just comes down to the family dynamic and, and what life you want to create together. And hopefully you have dated yourself for several years, right? And you know what your wants are. Um, and that's a complete um, other issue, right? I think it's really important to date yourself for a couple of years, know what you like, know what you can and cannot live with, right? What are your ultimatums? Um, I was working with a family the other day where, um, the woman is pregnant, but she's also a, a brain surgeon. And so she feels like, man, I've gone to school for such a long time. I, I don't know if I can give that up. And the husband was very upset about her not wanting to be Martha Stewart and Betty Crocker and be home. But she felt like she'd be missing out on her career so much. So there's there are those things um, that have to be had. And, and sometimes they're not pretty, but the baby's coming. So you right. got to get it. Together. Yeah. Totally. And so... I like that's such a good picture to paint because I love the thought of like the empowered woman that loves their career and like the duality of like also wanting to love and be a mother. Right. And it's such like, um, it's such a big thing that you're breaking, right? Like you're breaking this like 
Susie home, Martha Stewart, Susie, the homemaker, you know, American dream from the, I don't know, seventies, like, and there's this call forth to like modernize, like times have changed as should this. Right. The only hard part is that sometimes, I mean, when a day is over, the day is over. And I've worked with a lot of grieving moms too, that have what they call mommy guilt, right? Where, yes, you are the surgeon. Yes, you are the lawyer or the corporate woman on Wall Street, but you missed your baby's first steps. And you didn't go to that play date and you didn't go to that recital because you had a meeting, right? And so it's there's a lot of critical thinking um, that has to to go into to parenting. And, and that's why I love to get and work with young women as young as possible and men too, to start talking about their dreams, right? Mm -hmm. Because there can be seasons, right? You can work and then you can stay home or you can find that balance and have a nanny two times a week, or you can have a full-time nanny, but whatever life you want to create and have, you can have it. It just requires support. Like I love that, like lean in and ask for support to create the thing that you're looking to cultivate. Mm -hmm. And my sister said, if you don't know, you better ask somebody. So (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's so good. I just had this like moment where I was like, man, do you, do you facilitate these, like not workshops, but this kind of like sit down and like, you know, are you willing to miss first steps? Check. Are you willing to miss dance recitals? Check. Or like a scale of like one to five, how important is it for you to see a dance recital, right? Like, and this is just the thing where my mind goes, but I'm like, oh yeah, man. Actually, I do scales. I absolutely, we, we definitely have to talk about those things. And, you know, what is your priority, right? Is money your priority or is life experience, right? Mm. Um, do, you want, do you want your children to know you? Because I, I was in a situation in college where the family worked so much the kids lived in Connecticut and the parents lived in New York and they would see oh. them through Skype or through cameras. They would be watching us, but there was four full-time nannies around the clock. I mean, they were in such a high intense job and they weren't ready to give up their Mercedes and, wow. you know, the Costa Rica couples trip, may I add, not with the kids by themselves wow. that the kids started to act out. I mean, like my father used to always say, you can pay now or pay later, pay later. Um, you can't, you know, you can run, you can't hide though. So these issues will start to come up when children are broken. Um, it will come into the light in one way or another, maybe it's getting kicked out of school or they, you don't have a connection when they go to college or, or whatever it may be. So. Wow. That's so wild. I remember meeting it a person in college and being so, um, so sad for them because it like their dad was a like high profile CEO and the kid just had his dad's credit card. And it was like, Oh, um, I don't have a car, but I can pay for your full tank. Oh, I, are you hungry? Let's just go grocery shopping and spent like $600. And it was like, he didn't have a connection to his dad. And then, it resulted in, in years later, like having a drug problem. And, you know, it's like you had all the money that could buy whatever you wanted. And then all of a sudden it was like these things, um, you know, whatever. Right. So it's just so crazy. And maybe there's other attributes, but it, to be in a high end penthouse 
in the middle of the city alone all of the time and like have nothing but your dad's credit card. It just was heartbreaking. You could just see it. Absolutely. Because we all want to be desired. We all want to be chosen. Right. And that's not something that you should feel bad about. I feel like that's part of the human experience Mm -hmm. and something as intimate as, you know, your, your parents, someone that gave you life is, you know, choosing out or you feel like they're choosing out. It, it's detrimental to your whole constitution. Mm -hmm. That's so, and yeah. Oh, as a teenager, I didn't know. I just was so empathetic and was like, ah, it's hurting me to watch this right now. I'm like, and that's part of his journey. And, you know, uh, as far as I'm aware, he's sober and doing great living in a completely different uh, city across the country. But, um, it just, it, it was so wild to me. Um, I love that. So there's probably just a couple of minutes left and I want to kind of give it to you. How do people find you? How do they get involved with you? What are, um, some ways that we can, yeah, like follow what you're up to and get involved with you as a coach. And then we'll digress and talk more in the next half of the, um, episode after a commercial. Yeah. So most of my clients, um, they, find me through Instagram. Uh, My Instagram is briefalo, B-R-I-E-F-A-L-O-U-G-H, or they can email me at askbrie, A-S-K-B-R-I-E, one, two, three, at gmail.com. And then maybe there's a place on your segment where my number can be available too. Yeah, absolutely. People call me and we either book four sessions at a time or if they're having a tough time right now, we do an on-demand conversation where we can just talk through the day and, um, you know, make a strategy so we can see that rapid transformational change. And it's not just for parents. It's for it's for everyone. Like I said, I really um, emphasize, you know, obviously – getting to the root of the problem, making a solution, making a strategic plan at any stage of your life, man or woman. I think that's so huge because I I really, you know, meet a lot of women who maybe they're in their mid-20s and they're, you know, I mean, gosh, kids are starting to get fed I remember my whole entire life story of like my mom always being like, find somebody who will financially take care of you, you know, meet somebody. I mean, maybe and totally projecting, right. Whatever's happening between her and my father. But it's like, that was my, that was the thing I've been been told since like 10, 12, 13. So man, you've got some years to unwire um, a lot of the beliefs that aren't yours. So I love that you're supporting women early on and men early on to, you know, adapt their own story instead of follow, you know, what isn't true for them. Right. Cause I mean, we, as coaches, we see the other side of like, okay, when you do give somebody all the financial power, right. Or you do say things like, oh, I need you to financially support me. Right. Like how there can be jealousy or, um, people feel like they're you're being taken advantage of that. They're just ATM. So Again, finding that balance of, yes, it's nice to be treated, but don't give all your cards to the game away. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. That's perfect. It's so nice to be treated, but don't give all your cards to the game away. So we are going to take a little bit of a break 
And we're going to talk more with Bree about, you know, what we can do to be more empowered as a whole, be more empowered around parenting and, you know, some of the things that just come up for being human beings and what that looks like in the world of coaching. Seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, the coaching show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Gotham Books presents Marriage Rules by Harriet Lerner. The book Martha Beck calls required reading for anyone hoping to interact successfully with any other human, not just for those in romantic relationships. Get your copy wherever books and ebooks are sold and visit harrietlerner.com to learn how to change your marriage today. Welcome to Heart Empowered Women Radio with your host, Clarice Connolly. Welcome back to Empowering Women, Heart Empowered Women Radio. I am your hostess, Clarice Connolly, and I'm meeting with Brie Follow. And we are talking about having an empowered lifestyle and being coached around it. And we've talked from Brie's experience of going off the beaten path and doing and following her heart and how to be coached and empowered around the decision of having children and what that looks like. And we've covered so much and we have so little time to find more to cover, but we were talking on the break about being the person that you're waiting for. And what was the quote that you had for us, Brie, that was so good? 
Yeah, we are the ones that we're waiting for. Um, you know, we sometimes are painted the idea of like a Superman um, coming in and saving the day um, or, you know, the love of your life changing you and, and making you complete and, you know, not to bust anybody's bubble because I love a good movie and a good novel like any other, you know, woman or, or male. But we are the ones that create our own destiny and we're the ones that have to put one foot in front of the other to make a life that, that we really generally enjoy. Because, again, like we said before, right, don't give all your cards away. Don't give all your power. You need to live love right? Um, one of my favorite author, Lisa Turkisher, always says that living loved, knowing who you are, establishing your own truth. So no one can tell you differently. Um, my grandmother, before she passed, I remember she told all the, the, the women in our family, she said, you know, she told my grandfather, they've been married for 70 years. She said, you know, I don't need you in my life, but I want you. Right. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was so beautiful. Right. Like, I don't, you know, I want you to want me. Right. That just like that desperate song of like, I need you to survive. No, you don't. You know, having community is great, but I don't need you to like take a breath. I can breathe on my own, but I enjoy what we're creating. And I, I want you in my life and I want to share my life, but I am empowered on my own. I love that too. There's kind of this like element of, you know, how do you start to like orient to yourself as whole and wanting to meet another like whole being versus like feeling like a half looking for that like hopeless romantic or that like romanticized like I need to find my other half or my better half. Because honestly, is that fair, right? That's a lot of pressure mm -hmm. to put on somebody to complete you. Right. What's better is for that individual to be complete, for you to be complete, and then you can be two holes that are rocking out in this life. Um, and when you fall short, you have the energy and the love to pour into that person versus, you know, feeling like you're walking around this world with a person on your back. That's a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you feel that coaching supports are you as a coach support your clients in like helping them figure out who they are and like how they could become whole or feel more whole? Yeah, that, that kind of goes into the whole like rented girlfriend, right? Like I'll, I, I give a lot of love and a lot of energy and a lot of light to my clients, but I'm also that person that will ask the, the tough questions. And if I see you kind of retreating back to old behavior, right, of being a, a codependent girlfriend or a codependent friend or daughter, I'll call you out and say, hey, like, remember, remember what we discussed? Remember what you said your goals are? A really big accountability partner with with love and and um, obviously with a with an even tone temperament. Right. I love the like neutrality. That's really yeah. great. Because yeah. you really need that. And I, I think the biggest piece, you know, whether you're listening, whether you identify as this, whether, you know, this story is your story, there's this opportunity to kind of come without judgment and come with neutrality just to kind of see, like, you know, you, um, from like an automatic place, we so get lost in relationship and it's so subconscious and we may not even notice until we've gotten broken up with or whatever, that there's like you need to set time and space and intention intentional like 
who am I and who do I want to be and how can I create what, you know, what I want to look like in the world and how do I, what do you stand for? Right. Cause the first relationship is with yourself. Right. And we owe it to ourselves to love ourselves, to live love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's like when we know who we are and what we want and we love ourselves the way that we you know, feel we deserve to be loved. It kind of sets the standard for how others can show up and love you too. Absolutely. Absolutely well said. So what is the, like, I, like, I hear so much of myself in your story, this, like, you know, yes, everyone I know knew and love was following the American dream. And I was over here, like, I always say the dreamer in a city full of realists kind of like, yeah, but I can, I totally can totally move across country and make it work and I'll be fine. And everyone's like, why would you need, need, need to leave like the city you grew up in and everyone, you know, and loves here. And I'm like, so, and when I come back and visit, you'll all still be here. Right. There's, And I can't put my finger on it. And I I would love to know if you knew, like, what is needed to be able to feel like you can take that, like, unbeaten path or you can, you know, choose your own adventure instead of um, following what everybody's doing? Like, if you pinpointed down or come across, like, you know, what are the things that we need as human beings to feel okay or safe doing something against the norm? Right. You know, what really helped me and all of it, right? Because we're just get we're we're always like combated with all like th- the noise, right? And people telling you what to do. One of the first steps I feel that really helped me and really helps my clients is to step away from the noise, right? Doesn't mean you have to run away and fly to New Zealand. No. I mean if you can, that's amazing. Take me too. But that's to, <laughs> great. I've been generally step away from the noise, you know, go somewhere like a park or close to water and just sit and be silent. Right. And just step away from the noise. Give your brain an opportunity to just be at peace. Right. And when you're at peace and when you're in that quiet place, then you can really listen to yourself and your own thoughts. And that to me is the first step is because when you can establish, okay, if I don't do this action or if I don't go this place, or if I, like you said, I become one of these realists, I'm not going to feel like I'm doing myself any, any good. I'm doing myself a disservice. Then that's the first point I think of action. I love that. Best, yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think I, I keep thinking about to like my experience of like, man, from as early as I can remember, maybe I was like 14, 13. Like I'm moving, I'm leaving this city, I'm getting out of here, right? Like, there's definitely a little charge of like, I'm running away, I'm out, ladies. Like, see you, yeah. friends. You know, but I um, I sat on that and I think I ignored it and was like, nope, 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 and. I think finally, maybe one year I started college and was like, college or travel the world? Man, such a tough call. And I just did exactly what you said, right? Like, oh, I'll make my dad proud. I'll just do the thing that he wants. Like, it's fine. And um, I guess what I hear is this, like, what's that thing that you keep stuffing down or you keep, like, ignoring? Like, what's that 
you know, tug on your heart that you're like, nah, this isn't appropriate. Or, you know, how do you sit with that? Like, how do you start to listen? Like, what is that pointing to? Like, what does it want? You know, what, you know, I just wanted more. I wanted more than, you know, I was able to get living the life I would have continued to stay in, you know? And that's, I, I hear that as such a cool, like, there's that thing that you've always wanted that you've denied yourself. So if you started to give it space and watered it a little, like what would it grow into? Right. Absolutely. And we, and I talk to my clients about this all the time is that, you know, you're being a people pleaser and I've been there. You, who wants conflict? Who wants to fight right every day? Right. It's, it's, you know, sometimes it feels like it's easier just to like be gray, like everybody else when you're really called to be turquoise. Right. right. But you're making everyone else quote unquote, happy, except for yourself, and you're actually miserable. Mm. So, you know, if you're not a bright and shining star that you're supposed to be, then you're doing the world a disservice. Right. I love that so much. And right, this like avoidance of confrontation, I get that it's deeply uncomfortable and it's incredibly like avoid at all costs. But I noticed that if we have this like, friend, right? Or we have a coach or a therapist or a support system and we start practicing saying the thing that's uncomfortable or start practicing being a little confrontational or like, you know, the more you get to see the gift that's available on the other side. Like I had friends that I was like, Hey, I'm like super scared to say this thing to you, but like, I feel like I'm going to explode if I don't. Like, can I just say it and like, trust that, you know, if it doesn't like land well for you or doesn't feel well for you, that we can like be friends and clean it up after. And like, it was so great. Cause I, I didn't know what half the things I was saying was, but I just knew that there was this, like, I had to confront the situation. And it just was so amazing to see how much more our friendship bonded and how much closer we got, because I said the thing that she wasn't even aware of, you know, and I, I always think of this like this experience of a friend confronting me and being like, hey, every time I tell you something that's wrong with me, you offer me like 15 things to do, take, fix or whatever. And she's like, I don't want that. I hate that. You know, and I was like, whoa, uh, I just thought I was being helpful. (laughs) And she just was like, I need you just to listen, like, just listen, you know? And at first I was so deeply embarrassed and so uncontrollably like uncomfortable. And it was such a gift to me. It was such Mm -hmm. a gift to me because I, when I coach, I just get to like ask open-ended questions and be reflective when I'm with people I care about. I'm like, Oh, you're not paying me. I don't have to be a coach. I can be, like I can solve everything. I've seen it, you know, here, let me help you. Um, and it's not helpful. We just want a friend. It's like, I have to, I have to choose like, oh yeah, people just want to be heard. It's not just clients. It's everyone. Yeah. People just want to be heard. That's so true. And so I love that, right? Like how can you take a criticism or a feedback or something your friend has confronted you with and kind of notice like, yes, it hurt while it happened, but you survived and we're still super great friends. And, you know, maybe you haven't had that. And that's kind of why I gave you both examples, because the very thing of fear that you are scared to confront isn't actually all that bad. The scariest part is what's in between your ears. (laughs) 
Right. Absolutely. That is so powerful and so true. And the Mm. more that we start to practice these things everywhere, the more that we like learn to trust ourselves, to trust that you can say the uncomfortable thing, trust that you can do the uncomfortable thing, trust that you like can follow yourself and know that you can provide and show up for you. Right. And you can be unapologetically you. I mean, mm. even with friendships, I remember like even, you know, reading Dr. Seuss when I was little and, and, you know, you hear these quotes and stuff float around, but when you're an adult, you realize like, this is really powerful. Like one of my favorites was like, be who you are and say what you mean, because those who mind don't matter. And those who matter don't mind. Right. Like mm. if you're in genuine friendship and you're able to come and be vulnerable and say, you know what, I think I'm going to take that trip. I think that I'm going to stand up to my boss. I think that I'm going to wear the outfit, eat the ice cream, be who I need to be for myself. You should be around, you know, people that are like, yeah, girl. Yeah, boy, do do it. (laughs) We support you. Right. Absolutely. And that's another thing that really, thanks for bringing that up. It's like, if you are, you know, an artist and don't know any artists or you aspire to be an artist and don't know any artists, like how can you find a group? How can you get out on the, you know, social media and be around people that are up to what you want to do? And I love this, like, you know, I've spent so many years trying to convince people, but traveling the world is good for you. Leaving your hometown is healthy. Or you find people that are already doing it and that are already on board and surround yourself with those people. Right. Right. And it's okay to cut people out of your life. I mean, it's really unpopular, but you know, it's, or not even just maybe necessarily cut them completely out of your life, but just realize, you know, we are not going in the same direction and that's okay. But for me to continue on my journey and to grow and, and to be fulfilled, I have to take a step back. And that's fine. I love that. <laughs> I think, too, it's like not even just like cutting these people out. It's kind of like if you want to talk about moving around the world or you want to talk about being an entrepreneur, it's like don't bring that conversation to the people that don't get it. They're just going to knock you down. They're just going to slow you, you know, slow your roll. They're going to make you feel like it's unachievable. You talk to the people that are already doing it and they're going to be like, oh my gosh, yes. Here's the things I've done and here's what you could do or here's, right? Like here's all the resources and such a gift. And And if you don't, right? Like if you're in the middle of Maine or, you know, wherever, Alaska, where maybe there's not an entrepreneurial meetup, um, you, you know, like it's get online, find um, Instagram to hashtag the things that you want, like look up groups on Facebook and you can hire a coach remotely. It really only takes one person standing in your corner to get you back in the, you know, in alignment with what you want. Right. That's something I want to add, too, is that I, I really don't do face-to-face meetups. If we're in town in the same location, I would love to. But like I said, with the on-demand calling or um, with the Instagramming to get in touch, I talk to people over the phone and through Skype. So it's very easy. You know, there's coaches all around when you find the right one that are willing to to just talk to you where you're at. So you can be in Alaska or Ireland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to my friends in Ireland love you guys <laughs> Call hey, friends. Um, so I love this piece and we have like four minutes left or so 
but there's this like, what can we take away or what do you feel people can start doing to like take this from just this conversation on this podcast to like applicable practices that have, you know, an opportunity to move you in that direction? Right. So to, to live an empowered, thriving, kick behind lifestyle, you have to establish your truth. Like we said, what what do you really want? And I think it goes back to, you know, going to that quiet place. And so I've established for my clients a self-care Saturday. And it really can be any day of the week. But the point is, is to have a day of rest, to drink the tea, to stay in bed all day long in your pajamas. Really think, make a list so that when you feel the time is right, you can really step out on faith and, and go into the journey that you've been called to to live, to live an abundant life. Mm. I love that so much. Yeah. There's this like when you take that time to be present with yourself, there's like I love the like journaling opportunities and being alone. And when you reflect, you really get a chance to hear or I think it's always like a you've always got your mom and dad's voice like rolling around there. And then maybe some things that your friends have said and then you're just like chewing on them all the time (laughs) and they're just like swirling but they're right. so loud that you don't even get to know like what is the thing that you actually want. Yeah. Right. And maybe you've never been modeled that. Like maybe your mother like never stood but for what she wanted or like practiced being, you know, in her power and what she and aligned there. Right. Or you go to school and, you know, there's a, a specific mode, whether it be Montessori or just, you know, obviously everyday education that, you know, you, you attend when, when you're in kindergarten, right? That kind of molds you into this group think. Break away. Time is now. Break away from group think. <laughs> I love that so much. So we have two minutes left. What's like one thing that you wish more people would know, one thing that they could take on, or, you know, a really great quote that could leave them empowered that you, you know, are sitting on over there. I know you got one. Yes. Uh, again, that Turkish Live, love, know that you're empowered, that you are someone, that you welcome people into your community wholeheartedly, but you do not need anyone or anything to make you complete, to make you whole. You are already whole and you are called to abundance. So walk in it. Yes. I love that so much. So, so, and again, like how can people find you? What does that look like? Tell us where, where to go. Where do we go? Yes, go to Briefalo, B-R-I-E-F-A-L-O-U-G-H, or askbree123 at gmail.com. Excellent. And you're also on Instagram, yeah? Yes, that's my Instagram handle. Perfect. Yay. All right. And again, look, like maybe this isn't your exact story. Maybe you don't identify with some of the things that we've been talking about, but how can you take what we've talked about and apply it in the lens of your life and what's current for you. And then from there, like use this as a resource, use this as a springboard. And maybe it's only one thing that we said that resonates. Maybe it's something that like is a lock and key to another opportunity that you haven't been thinking about. But whatever it is, I hope that you live an empowered life and that you can start one step at a time, one tiny change and go set yourself up with a little self-care Saturday, whatever that looks like to you. Thank you again, and we'll join next time on Empowering Women, Heart Empowered Women Radio podcast.